welcome to a night of total terror. <laughs> when was the last time you were scared out of your wits? been uh so for those of you who don't know i have been off the grid ever since the last episode uh due to a myriad of reasons not the least of which being uh my mental health taking a downturn uh moving to a brand new place uh life itself being a burning shit fire right now so yeah sorry for the radio silence on my end but i'm back and i am ready to continue with the mission statement of the show and that is shining a spotlight on interesting underappreciated and fascinating independent creators who have a story to tell and are just looking to get their name out there. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Uh, if you do, let me pitch you guys, let me pitch you guys a story real quick. We meet a girl, alone, scared, unsure of where she is. In a house, it seems she is completely alone. And upon inspection of her social media on the internet, it appears that she is all alone on the internet as well. Until night falls, where it appears that she might not be alone after all. This is the summary of the first episode of the horror ARG series, Hi, I'm Mary Mary, simply titled, Hello. Hi, I'm Mary Mary is the brainchild of a creator simply known as Kay. Very little is known about this mysterious human, and I, for one, would like to know what makes them tick. Well, lucky for all of us, she's uh, she's sitting here with me right now. So, welcome to It Came From Queens, Kay. Hi, hello. Glad to be here. Wonderful to have you. I'm happy for the invite. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> obviously, a lot to unpack with Hi, I'm Mary Mary. A lot, to, a lot going on within the show. There are many twists and turns and a lot of interesting behind the scenes content, I'm sure. So let's just start off with a very basic question just so I can understand you more as a person in terms of your creative influences. What is one piece of non-ARG horror content that you personally take inspiration from? Hmm. Well, non-ARG horror content, I would have to say, of course, my ultimate favorite Silent Hill and the Silent Hill games. I've always loved that aesthetic and that just the, the concepts of the ways our fears, our insecurities, our traumas manifest themselves in these creepy, bizarre monsters. It, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen when I was in, when I like was surfing the net as a as a I don't know elementary schooler and happened upon Silent Hill, and I was like, this is this isn't werewolves and vampires. This is this is cool. Everybody has that, fir that first piece of content that really makes you, that honestly, as a youth, will make you go, what the fuck am I looking at right now? Seriously, like it's still, there's something so unique about the Silent Hill monsters that I had really never seen at the time. It's probably it, the first time I'd encountered it. it. They're unlike anything that you, as a child, like as a child, you expect monsters to look a certain way, like, you know, look like Dracula, look like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. The Silent Hill monsters are monsters. They are, yeah. they are, they're so, they're so humanly unhuman at the same time. There's elements of humanity there, like with the nurses and Pyramid yeah. Head, but they always, but there's always something about them that always lets you know something is not quite right here. Yeah, just that twisted kind of fleshy, uncanny valley aspect. Uh, just ugh, in the the grime, the the old PS2 graphics. Just I feel like that almost enhanced it because your brain fills in what's left. Um, I mean, that's a great concept with horror anyway. Just your brain filling in what it can't see with what you've kind of fear. So it's almost like you're building it for yourself, and I think that's what's so cool about Silent Hill too. 
if you let your brain go wild, it'll it'll produce some truly insane conclusions about what's happening between the lines in most forms mm. of fiction. Uh, in terms of what scares you, what what scares you personally, like on a human level? Like, is it an are you scared by something simple like the dark or spiders? Is it something more ethereal, more more mental that scares you? What what scares you personally? Let's see, what scares me? Well. The most, the most tangible is gonna have to be spiders. Um, that's why there's none of them in Hi, I'm Mary Mary. Because uh -huh. um, I, I would, I'm not working with spiders. I don't care how much they're getting paid. I'm not working with them. Um. Yeah, they want, they want, their, they, they want their union. They want, they're part of a union anyway. You got to pay them all their union <laughs> fees. It's like a payment for each leg. It's fucking ridiculous. Sag around, uh, sag arantula, uh, tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but what, what what is a concept aside from spiders that 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 bugs you? Um, I mean, I definitely have my fears of personal failure, um, just that I'm not gonna achieve the things I want. That always haunts me in my endeavors. Like, oh my god, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get there. I'm that's like a, a constant fear for me. Um, I suppose. Um, not being prepared for a situation because some of those some of those little things and I suppose now that the more I think of it a little bit of the dark because that bled into Hi I Mary Mary a bit it's but it's not so much the dark itself it's the stuff in the dark I mean you I mean half the half the shadow monsters like scares were based on the uh, infamous you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then you walk back and it's like, I don't, mm, did I just hear something? What is that? You, you make that turn into your bedroom to shut the door. And if you turn around, there could be something standing there right behind you. So you might as well just not look behind you when you're walking back to your bedroom. Just those little things like that. The things that your brain makes up. Have you personally ever had a supernatural experience akin to something in your series? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a supernatural experience i did have a really strange experience while i was filming hi i'm mary mary not in my house but one of my outside scenes um again one of those situations where your brain creates the the fear i was filming one of the outside scenes on a trail near my house and i actually have the not the footage of the event but just after it and it's just solidly two minutes of me sprinting as fast as I can through a trail uh, because I was sitting out and I I went alone which wasn't really the smartest thing to do um, but it was it was a trail in my town people go out walking all the time but here I am in the middle of the woods and I hear something enormous come through uh, and immediately go into the pond nearby like there, there was a lot of swamp and pond and just kind of water and I you can tell from the sound of the splash and the sound of the brush that whatever it was was really really big and so I wasn't sticking around uh so I just that's that's my two minutes of just bye nope nope <laughs> that filming was done that was it no more well that's a wrap for today nope bye <laughs> <laughs> literally I I had gotten all my footage by then but I I heard those cracks I heard everything come through the woods nope I don't know what it was. Could have been a bear. Could have been a really fat beaver. But I wasn't sticking around. It's one of the. It's one of those like situations. It's like, hey Kay, yes Kay, do you want to get the fuck out of here? Yeah Kay, let's fucking leave. Mm -hmm. One of those inner mental. One of those inner monologue moments. I am all too familiar with those. I, I have done some night filming on like a bit on like empty streets before, and the minute I hear anything that sounds like footsteps getting way too close, I'm like, well, time to go back where there's light. Let's 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 move. I mean, those times when I'm filming in my house at night when nobody was home, uh, that's a perfect time to thank God. If someone was standing outside my window right now, I couldn't do anything. Nope. That's a great thing to think about. I, I'm not going to think about that. Well, it's not a great thing to think about, but it's a good thing to think about if you are a horror creator like that's yourself. That's true. Would these things do aid uh, creators in a certain way. And on that subject, let's start talking about the real meat and potatoes why we're here, the real focus, and that would be your your current opus, your current series, uh, Hi, I'm Mary Mary. So I guess the best place to begin with would be to do break down exactly what an ARG is 
and what influenced you in terms of creating Hiya Mary Mary. So in a sense for the audience, for those, the uninitiated, an ARG is at its core concept, a fiction, a piece of fiction that you, the observer, you, the viewer can interact with as it's happening, albeit through social media, through YouTube comments, through anything that the creator deems necessary to properly convey their narrative. Popular examples include Marble Hornets, Tribe 12, um, uh, Everyman Hybrid, uh, Carrot and Gardens, uh, dozens upon dozens of amazing pieces of content created by uh, independent creators. Uh, what would you say was the ARG that first sparked your imagination and convinced you that, hey, maybe I can pick up a camera and do this myself? God, if I if I had to pick, I'd say the first that introduced me to the genre without realizing it was Lonely Girl 15 years ago. I hadn't even realized because I think that's that was technically an ARG. And I happened upon it not knowing what it was. And that concept held on to me. And then when I ran into Marble Hornets years down the line, I think that's the first time I really was like, whoa. I mean, I spent a good couple of weeks at age 14 questioning whether Marble Hornets was real. But uh, once I figured out, wow, this is a thing just made by just some guys hanging out, making a full-blown ARG that people love. And so I really, I stuck around, watched all these other ARGs. And, but I think the thing that while Lonely Girl 15 was a teaser, I think it definitely had to have been running into Marble Hornets. That was the big kind of kickoff for my entrance into the ARG world. Nice. And from that, I guess the next logical extrapolation from that question would be, where did Hi, I'm Mary Mary come from? Did you have this idea planned for a while or did it come together within a very quick, short amount of time? Tell us about the genesis of this series from like uh, from initial conception to hitting like to typing up the script for the first time, if there was a script. So my original creating process for Hi, I'm Mary Mary was very, very chaotic at the start. Um, it was more of an absent-minded desire of, hey, maybe I can create a web series. And I'm a very kind of visual thinker in that I tend to get images or like flashes of ideas that I can see in my head. And I just write them down. I, I think about them. And so probably freshman year of college, I would, I was just actively thinking about a couple of these things. And I started getting some of these ideas in my head of, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. And I think one of the ones I can remember is what I ended up making into the image of Mary standing opposite Mirror Mary. I think that was one, that very first one of the, in the mirror, in the second video, that was one of the first ones I got, I think. Um, then let's see some of the one, just the concept of the veiled lady. I started just getting these little ideas, but they didn't really make a ton of sense in my head. Um, and from there, I started to just jot things down and look at them all as a whole. And I started thinking, I'm seeing a kind of a, a narrative that I could build from this. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of a, definitely like a mental health narrative. I'm finding here I could play this up a little bit um, and a lot of it was just crazy little scrawlings in my notes app for a long time until I started to pull it together and I think it was like April 2016 that I just jotted down this really loose summary of what I wanted and then pretty much from there I started toying with ideas uh, creating characters I still have a I think I have my notebook that's just got a bunch of concepts and things toyed with and worked out. And I think eventually I, I said to myself, you know, I think let me just create some shot lists. Uh, Cause I think for the, at least the first couple of videos I worked pretty much in shot lists. I would come up with, I'd scrawl out some, I'd brainstorm just some ideas of what I wanted to see. And then I would start writing out individual shot lists and reworking them. And so when I decided, oh, I'll just, I think I shot the first video in a day because it was so simple. Um, I shot it, I edited it together really quick and I looked over it and then I just kind of threw it up there and was like, hey, I posted a video. And I, and I really didn't expect much to come of it either. I, I just was like, hey, let me, 
I really wanted to create a story from start to finish, regardless of how big it even got. I because I really wanted to tell the story through. It's important to note that a key factor, aside from the series, just overall good quality, uh, grasping the minds and hearts of everybody that watched it, one of the key factors that attributes to its success was it got a spotlight from Nick Nocturne from Nightmind. Would you say, would you agree that that was a catalyst to a, the series getting a little bit of a push? Oh, totally. I'd say um, the run-ins with Nightmare Expo, the run-ins with Nightmind, um, the run-ins with Inside of Mind, those pushes really helped spread the word. And I mean, one of the best forms of advertising is word of mouth. So the more people talked about it, the more it spread. And I think about how I only had, I think, six subscribers for seven months of the production. Um, the first seven months, I only had six subscribers, and I think three of them were people I knew IRL who I said, hey, subscribe to this. Um, and it took, the, the initial promotion of it took just a, me, a bad graphic that I put on Tumblr saying, hey, if you like Slenderman stuff, maybe check this out. I, I made this thing. And then from there it grew, and then someone notified Nightmind, and that's one of the big things where it really took off. Because I think it was also, I do want to credit Nexpo too, because he featured Hi, I'm Mary Mary in, I think, a Halloween video two months before Nightmind did his feature. Um, I think it was like a unexplained things on the internet, one of those several things. Uh, I, I think, because I, I distinctly remember, I think it's a thumbnail with the infamous red circle. And so those features were really huge for its success and I seriously thank each one of those um, commentators for that. It also is important to note that you are very much within a league of your own. The notion and the revolution of female creators within horror, especially within ARG, has been blowing up the past few years among the likes of among the likes of uh, Echo Rose, Daisy Brown, very recently mm -hmm. I Am Sophie. And I feel like, do you, do you uh, feel that you stand uh, do you feel that you stand shoulder to shoulder with your colleagues in that respect? Oh, totally. I, I'd want us all to support each other and keep building each other up. I know I quite regularly shit post with the Daisy Brown creator on Twitter. And it, and it's just, it's so nice to see. Like there's so much creativity to come out of that. And I'm, I'm so happy to see stuff like I Am Sophie getting big and Echo Rose. It just, it makes me so excited to see and so yep. happy. Because yep. I remember mm -hmm. thinking part of the reason why I went, um, a good reason why I even went anonymous in the first place was I was like, there's really not a lot of female creators out here. And I've seen the way some of the female actors in some of these Slender series get very rude comments. Uh, I remember there was, I, I think people once talked about how half the comments on a video were about a, a character's chest. And I was like, this is extremely inappropriate. And so I was like, I don't, I don't want people to know who I am. And so there, there were multiple factors that went into me being anonymous, but that was definitely part of it. And so the more creators I see getting out there, it just, it's, it makes me happy to see. I really want to keep bringing those people up and building people up. There's a rich tapestry of like wonderful creators out there of both gender stratums doing some wonderful things right now. But of those, like of the ones I just mentioned, like uh, definitely check out Echo Rose. It's both like, it's both a fascinating and hilarious. Daisy Brown is it's just so lovingly good. crafted. I am Sophia's a complete mind fuck. And you gotta, <laughs> if you, if you, if you give yourself to I am Sophie, you gotta give it, to, you gotta give yourself to it like 110%. And that series will be good to you <laughs> in ways you can't imagine, but definitely check that out. And it is, it is very encouraging to see creators like yourself kind of showing that, hey, you know, I believe the boys, the, the, the show The Boys on Amazon just put it the best, but, you know, girls get it done. And I believe <laughs> that that's the best way to look at it. Um, and we're going from the, the positivity of the, the warm, nurturing uh, aura of the creator community to the harsh light of day that is unfortunately behind the <laughs> scenes. So I have to ask this question, and I love asking this of people. What was the most face-palming fuck-up during the series, and how did you, in your infinite wisdom, choose to fix it? Oh my gosh. There's so many. <laughs> um, give us the one. Give, give us the one. Okay. I think the one that haunts me the most is, 
and I, I've, I've said this to a couple of people, my complete failure to rotoscope out an entire hand uh, in one of the videos with the shadow monster, it's just like, like it wasn't, that creature was created entirely from rotoscoping a, a black mask in After Effects. So like frame by frame moving the mask. And somehow I just missed its entire hand. So it ends at the wrist. Uh, and thankfully it's mostly shrouded in shadow, but I know it's there and it, uh, it haunts me every time I look at it. And it's one of those things where I just like, I just hope nobody sees it, even though I talk about it now and it's like, well, you all know I know it's there and that I feel bad about it. So there's that. Missed it and then I felt bad and now I can't take it back. That's, yeah. that's one of those situations. No, trust me, every creator will have that one moment where they're looking back, even at their, even if, if the work they're the most proud of and be like, God damn it, if I'd only just fixed that just a little bit. That, that is a completely common issue that I and many others have run into. And you mentioned the creature designs. That actually brings us into the one of the questions that I had. For many of the creature designs, you know, for the for for the shadow creature, for the main antagonist, which almost has this zombified doll look to her, were these? I can see a lot of the Silent Hill influence, obviously. Mm. But um, as far as the designs go, was it was it a creative process? Did you sketch them? Did you have a friend draw them out for you, or was it just kind of a sense of, well, here's what I have to work with, and here's what I'm doing? Was it more out of necessity than anything? I think it was a combination of some sketches that I made and then just trying things out, playing around, doing a couple of costume tests and seeing, hey, does this look good? Um, I think the uh, the shadow monster was just a, I, I, there was, it was just me shading into my notebook and saying, hmm, all right, there we go. Um, and um, I think the the veiled lady took a little while to come up with because I really wanted to play with draped fabric and I know it, it looked very similar to um pyramid head very much so um but it also its movements kind of took inspiration from Kayako from the grudge and so I, I like to say the veiled lady is a bit of a love child between Kayako and pyramid head um so if I could if I could have it exactly how I wanted, I would have made her kind of buff, but alas, I can't buff and unbuff myself for every character. <laughs> so not everybody can Dwayne the Rock Johnson themselves within a shooting schedule, unfortunately. Some can, some cannot. And I I do not just wear a muscle suit. <laughs> just, just imagining like the more dramatic moments of like the finale, how kind of undercut they would be if you were wearing one like those Halloween buff <laughs> like people suits. Suit. Just a Hulk suit, just spray painted pink. <laughs> and it would be like all this like dramatic, like emotionally resident content is going on. And just she's just standing there like a long wood big show. You hear like the the like slide of the material. Like you know that like meme of like the tiny dog versus the really buff dog of like the six pack. <laughs> it would be like that. Like that would be Mary and that would be the dog. Literally. Oh my Oh, oh my god we just we just wrote like we just pitched an amazing piece of fan art so get on it whoever if any of your if any of your fans are listening to this get on it do it literally i want to um, see it we did mention one of the uh key not to say that you were the original creator of this concept but you you do utilize a very creative trope that args often utilize that would be these like very eclectic very chaotic transitions between locations from the house to the garden to this dark abyss and back again and that was one of the more like enthralling things about some of the series more intense like chase sequences was this uh fully influenced by marble hornets or did you kind of go oh your own yeah direction on that this? was big slenderverse influenced that i loved those transitions i thought they were so cool i wanted to figure out how to do it myself um and i mean i they just are so clean looking too it's a great way to get from place to place um and I, I think actually the very first shot technically recorded for Hi, I'm Mary Mary was me jumping off a dock into the water, which eventually became the falling into the ocean shot in, um, uh, what was that called? Discovery. Mm -hmm. It's funny you do say that. It, well, the minute you went into the water, I thought to myself, I, I was getting these flashbacks of that really genuinely terrifying episode of Marble Hornets where the whole time you just see it from from Tim's point of view is he's just drowning under the God, water. Yeah, that's a good one. Ooh. And he, and that dude sells it so good. Like Tim was far and away like the best, in my opinion, the best character 
to come out of Marble Hornets and like you just you just feel so bad for him in that sequence because he's, he's just being dragged around he's just being like teleported through like all these horrible yeah. things and like you just get these images of just his hands like flailing up in the air like looking up at the water and it's no you I feel you captured that very well the best moments of your series if I can like if I can uh you know give you a little praise here and there you you <laughs> you capture what it's like to have an anxiety attack very well mm-hmm. and like whether or not that was the intention just like the world is moving around you and your brain cannot keep up with it and I feel like you captured whether or not that was intentional I feel you captured that feeling very very well of just being utterly helps helpless as there's just utter chaos going on around you and within you thank you you did that very well we mentioned a lot of the ARGs you took influence from are there any intentional easter eggs like nudge nudge wink winks to the audience that only hardcore ARG fans would get I I think uh there are a couple little ones there's a there were some little um there were some very on the nose uh, there was a very on the nose reference to Silent Hill, but ARG wise, um, there was a couple little nods to Tribe 12 and Everyman Hybrid in video six when um, Mary is digging through her clothes um, and she pulls out a striped shirt, which was like a, a, a known notable thing in Tribe 12. And then she pulls out a fedora and it's like, why do I have this? And any any Everyman Hybrid fan would be like, hmm. Does have it. Does yep. have it. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Any any cre- listen, let me put it to you like this. Any creator who knows when to reference the uh the works of EM- of EMH, that's a creator worth following. So <laughs> my tip of the hat appropriately a tip of the hat to you, madam. But <laughs> one of the other questions that I've really wanted to ask you is what is what would you say was your favorite? Because again, with what comes with the ARG format is the ability to communicate as your character with your audience in real time. And there is a section within uh, within Hiya Mary Mary. I'd say around, if the series I say has a beginning, middle, and an end, like an act one, an act two, and an act three, whether or not that was intentional, around act two of the series, Mary regains access to social media, even though she cannot still leave the house. What would you say your favorite moment of interacting with the fans in real time as your character was on social media gosh there there's a good couple actually um the first the biggest one i think was the day i told them i could see them which i believe was new year's um i remember i i know exactly where i was too i was sitting on my couch getting ready to just drop the video and I had Twitter up, I had YouTube up, I was just ready. And watching everybody go completely insane with hi Mary, hi there, and just like rapid fire liking all the comments because it meant that Mary could see them and just that chaos of, because I I deliberately tried to pull one of those um, Apple live event, one more thing, here's this thing, um, with the very end of, was it check-in that I did at that? I don't remember exactly which video it was. But when I said, I can see you guys now, everyone was like, hold up, what? Um, and it, it, it just, everyone went insane. And it was really, really funny and fantastic to just suddenly interact with people. Um, I think another, a very unexpected one that was really fun was the whole Dwayne the Rock side plot, which was entirely not scripted it just sort of happened that way um i just brought a really cool rock that i found in the woods and then mary played with her audience a lot she was very friendly she was looking for comfort from her audience and that that was very intentional that she was looking to them for support and as such i asked them to name the rock and so they named it dwayne the rock which of course, yep. And yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> and so I think the that entire thing when when people got really invested in this, and so at the time Mary was kind of conducting these tests of could she bring things back from the garden, and so if she put it down and it left her touch, it would vanish. So she tried to hold on to uh, Dwayne the Rock as long as she could, and then 
she drops it and it disappears. And this is something that entirely went down on Twitter. But the Twitter audience got so invested in the well-being of this rock that at that point, I just said, you know, uh, once that rock disappears, I, I, I figured I owe it to the Twitter audience that at the end of anagnoresis, when she's going up the stairs, Dwayne is sitting there. Just a little. I love how you have, you're busting your ass to have like these amazing special effects, these like emotionally resident moments about like self worth and like finding the inner strength to like overcome <laughs> depression and like all these like well thought out inventive horror sequences. And the bit of the show that gets away from you is a goddamn rock. God, it was so funny, so unexpected, but so funny. And oh, I, it's like. Hey guys, look at these cool VFX. They're like, rock. Rock. It's, it's like a cat that you buy this nice cat palace for and they're like, cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no, but like things like that, like clearly the series did, does have a sense of humor. Like you do play it fairly straight for like 98% of it, but they are these mm -hmm. moments of, of levity to the whole thing. You mentioned before, as you're describing the character of Mary, like you're kind of talking about her in the third person do you do you see you and Mary as either the same person, maybe two sides of the same coin? Like, what would you say the line of demarcation is between you and the character of Mary? I would say Mary was pretty close to me as a person. Maybe she made some choices a little differently than I would in some situations, but a lot of her characterization was drawn from me. And because I think too, with a first time found footage style sort of project, it's really easy to tap into for acting. Like I'm not complete creating a completely different character, but I think um, Mary definitely shared a lot of my personality, but she was, I, I brought her, I brought her shyness level up a ton. I, I made her much shyer, a lot more scared of things. Um, a lot less likely to try new situations, but yet at the same time, very ballsy when things came to it. Like in the in the horror movie way of, hmm, I heard a noise downstairs. Guess I'm gonna check it out. Um, and and in the the make those strange choices to further the plot. But also, if you think about it, when you're living in a house you can't leave, it's kind of the most interesting thing in the house. <laughs> you're terrified but at the same time it's like i'm scared i might die i'm bored and i need <laughs> something to do hey demon what's up brother literally no it's not that that utterly fantastic uh so it is important to note you know four years uh 19 episodes i have to say not for nothing rather sparse compared to the likes of EMH, Alan Tutorial, Marble Hornets, who had anywhere from 60 to 80 episodes, uh, like mm. juggernaut amounts of content, supplemental videos, secondary channels, whole entire wikis dedicated to just tracking and mapping these things out. Your series, uh, a Twitter, a YouTube, 19 episodes, done dusted, was... Did you always have an end goal in sight or did you intend this? Did you always intend the series to go for this set amount of time or was it more just I'll finish it when I know it's done? Something of that to that effect. It was, it was pre-planned to have 19. Um, I blocked out kind of what I wanted to have happen at least vaguely in each episode. And that brought me to 19 videos. Um, that it probably, I probably didn't settle officially on 19 until about a year in, but um, I definitely knew where I wanted to get to. And it, it wasn't like a chaotic sort of decide when it was more of a, nope, this is, I'm doing this video now, I'm doing this video then, and I will get to these points when I get to them. I tried to block out as much as I could as I was going so that I wouldn't I, I the last thing I wanted was for it to seem like it didn't know where it was going. Um, and that was kind of one of my biggest fears that if I was taking too long to put an episode out or I, the last thing I wanted to see was she's just doing this just cause she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just putting out videos. I, I wanted it to seem like a set narrative that knew that it was headed a certain way. And as, as much as I wish I could have maybe put out more videos quicker um i mean life stuff gets in the way so i think my intent had been oh finish it in two years um 
But I, I think the best thing, if you're making an ARG, the best advice is estimate how long you think it's going to take and then add a couple of years because things are going to happen. If you're doing this on top of a job or on top of school, like add a couple of years maybe to how long you think it's going to run for. I want it to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I And I honestly, compared to a lot of these shows that are just juggernauts like of spanning hundreds of episodes like it is refreshing to have somebody that was like let's get you gave it about the average tv season length for a show <laughs> and i think that that did it i did you did your story a lot of justice obviously from pen to from conception to paper to execution a lot can change was there anything that you wanted to do within the series narrative wise like effects wise like execution wise that you wanted to do but given time, maybe constraints, maybe your own skill level, you just couldn't pull off for any reason. I think I, let me think. There's definitely, I really wanted to do more neat things with the kind of crawling darkness, crazy blip glitch moving thing. I call it the crawling darkness, but I, I wanted to do even more kind of expansive things with that. But I, I only have so much skill with 3D particles that there was only so much I could kind of do with it with my skill set at the time. Um, if I was able to really create some really badass effects with that kind of monster because there's so much you can do with something that can sort of change shape and move around and this just particle monster um i think i would have experimented with that more i did play a ton with it but um let me think there was there was a scrapped concept for a moment in gone the video where the garden rejects mary and she's stuck again in the house with the veiled monster and the veiled monster beats the shit out of her um there's a scrapped concept that i kind of wish i had gotten a chance to do but just didn't have the skill set um that when she opens up the door to the garden it's just a giant mouth screaming back at her uh screeching but i just i didn't know how to do that and i just I took the L and said, nope, it's a closet. <laughs> Every so often, you just got to have to, you got to throw up your hands and say, you know what? Maybe I'll use that for another thing down the line. You can always, any idea can always re be repurposed later. Oh, totally. So this kind of, so this kind of brings us into the final few questions I have. So what was the moment for you, like uh, as, as a creator, when that final, those final two videos uh, between, I want to pronounce this rightly. If I butcher this, I apologize. But from Anagor, I feel like I'm going to butcher this horribly, but from Anagoresis to Goodbye, when those final two videos were posted, what was the feeling like for you as a creator to be finally like, oh my God, I did it. It's done. It's complete. What was that feeling for you like? God, I think it took me so long to process that it was over because um, it had been such a noticeable part of my life just kind of sitting in the background oh hey I have this thing that I'm working on that I should probably work on the new video for it um and so I'll, I think the the moment when it really hit me wow I'm I'm done was I pulled a couple friends of mine two weeks before I dropped the video actually I think it was three um I the video had been made and there was several weeks to go before um, I actually dropped it. Uh, instead of posting it right away, I wanted to give myself time to let it resonate, see if there was anything I didn't like about it, to make sure that an agnosis and that goodbye really hit the emotional points I wanted them to hit. And so I pulled a couple of friends into a Discord chat and we all watched it. And I think the moment after we finished watching it had been the first time I watched it in full with friends and hearing their reactions, it was like, oh my God. I, I just I just finished it and and people like the ending and it's it's hitting everything it needs to hit and it, it was that completed feeling and I think I felt it more releasing an agnoresis than I did releasing goodbye because an agnoresis is like the emotional climax and and goodbye is the one that kind of wraps it all up and is like hey this is super satisfying here you go um and so I think Anagnoresis too, because there was a level of the Twitter that was involved in that. What I think the thing I did that tipped people off is I very deliberately liked somebody's tweet 
um because mary had been gone from twitter um and they there was this tiny little arg interaction wherein the woman in white told everybody on the blog that they needed to call out to mary when she sends a signal um and so using it like a different unicode font on twitter uh the woman in white interjected at a specific time that she told everyone in the um inspect element in the the html of the blog she told everybody a specific time she would send a signal and then interact with the tweet and maybe if enough of us do it we can break through and talk to mary again um and that's canonically supposed to happen right before mary is about to make a very bad choice um and so of course that happens before the video drops so i'm sitting there Got, I've got the text lined up. I'm ready to hit the little now. Um, and I hit it and everyone's interacting with it. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out because all of a sudden people are sharing it, telling other people to interact with it. It's one of those really good moments of community that I saw from the, the fans. Um, Cause that's what I kind of wanted to see happen. I wanted to see everybody come together and kind of reach out because that was the whole point of that one moment, that little reach out reminding, hey, we're here and we do care about you. You're not alone. Um, and that breaks through. And so the way I told everybody that Mary had heard you was I found one of the replies to Mary's tweets. And just before dropping an anagnoresis, I liked it as Mary. So for Mary, who hadn't reacted to anyone in two years or more like a year and a half uh she hadn't responded to anyone on twitter for two years or so all of a sudden the person whose tweet she liked was like guys guys she liked my tweet and and then i uploaded an anagnoresis and i started liking tweets and i think that was the hey wow it's done now like this is good to go and i get to i can sit back and watch people's responses it was it was pretty amazing I will say Anagnarisa's night was pretty amazing because that like the grand return so to speak that is that is honestly very inspiring that your creation brought people together to like immediately jump jump on when the horn when the horn was sounded like yeah. immediately just got in on the action and it, it is it is a sobering feeling when you know that you've completed something and with that at 19 episodes spanning over four years. Hi, I'm Mary Mary, and its current form is complete, sitting at 96.5K subscribers on oh, YouTube. Man. Sitting there very pretty with that. 19 episodes completed and uh, a Twitter that is now let that now lays dormant for Mary has finally moved on to bigger and better things in her own life. Uh, so I guess the important question here to ask would be what's what is next for you as a creator now that will your next creation be another arg would you again keep your anonymity maybe not even tell people that you're working on it do you have any ideas bopping around in the tumblr right now what where are you currently as a creator and when can we expect you to produce another piece of mind warping content again in the future well i i dropped a little teaser, not a teaser, more of a tidbit that I am working on something. Um, I, I do, I, I wasn't initially gonna do anything right away, um, but then back during, sometime in, back in November, I, I had gotten an idea for something and I started to build on that, even to the point that I had to be like, girl, you have a series to finish, stop. Um, and so it, it kept pulling my attention away from Hi, I'm Mary Mary. And I had to say, we need to, we need to put this, we're going to put this in the, on the back burner and we're going to stop actively developing this right now because we need to finish our other series. Um, but I am working on a new thing. It's, I, I can say it's not going to be an energy. It's going to be a little different. I want to try something a little bit different um, to just kind of flex and try try some new storytelling options um but it, i can definitely say it won't be for a while in that um i i just really want to develop it and give it its time i would really like to not have hiatuses with it so i think if i do more pre-production i can just schedule things and just get them rolling um but i'm sure i will let people know i 
I definitely want to be doing want to do some behind the scenes stuff on that on my side channel, the one where I posted my Q&A, my blooper reel. Um, there's stuff there. Um, and I, I think if you watch the Q&A there, I included some little teasers and little clues. And if you're willing to solve the puzzles I've hidden in my Q&A, uh, there is a link to a Tumblr blog that works kind of as my, uh, my running mood board for my new project. Um, so that's hidden in there. Of course, I couldn't just tell people I had to make it a little puzzle. Um, but it's, it's going to take a lot of inspiration from horror fiction and um, a, a lot of the things that I've watched recently and things I've read in the past. Um, and I'm really excited. I really like the story I've written so far. I just... I think I just want to give it its due diligence before unleashing it onto the world. And I'm going to be working on little things in between then. Um, I may or may not be trying to rush to get something done in time for Halloween, but that's, you, you heard it first. Um, who knows? Hopefully. Um, but I, I want to keep making stuff. Initially, I, I, I wasn't sure. And I'd occasionally get the rare Tumblr ask saying, hey, are you going to leave us after? Please don't. Um, and I, I think I just really like the online horror community a lot. There's so much creativity there, potential for collaboration. So many just uniquely creative people bringing their own stories to the fold that I don't want to leave it. I, I think... It's a, it's a fun place to be. I want to share more things. And I think I'm working on a, a brand new story that I think people will like it. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And if you haven't watched Hi, I'm Mary Mary yet, by all means, give it a watch. It, you have no excuse not to. It's for free, it's for free on YouTube. You ain't got to spend a goddamn nickel on this thing. Once again, that's Hi, I'm Mary Mary. And, it, it, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you so much for doing this because I, I adored the shit out of this series. It, it challenged my notions of what could be done with this format. And you, you really did portray a truly resonant and very important story about what it means to truly find self-worth within yourself and to really kind of bust through that darkness and really find, and to find your bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So I, I give you insane pats on the back for that and congrats on completing it because uh, unfortunately within the ARG community, the notion of a series being left incomplete is unfortunately an all too common issue mm. that creators in this neck of the woods run into, unfortunately. So you are of a, of a rare class of <laughs> creators that actually gave their thing an ending, which is actually, <laughs> which you, you'd be surprised is a lot rarer than you'd think. And a lot mm. of these show like EMH, Marble Hornets, Sophie Brown, a few, like only really a few have a concrete, the end and that's mm. it. So you're among a rare class in that distinction. So uh, you did mention what you got coming up next. So I think that's a good as place as any to end this for right now. Uh, tell the fine people where they can find you, where they can find your most frequent updates, where they can find your newest content. Give, give the people the info. All right. So if you're looking for me, I am on Twitter at dash underscore k underscore dot um i am also the behind the scenes channel is on youtube uh, it's just called k um you'll probably have better luck just searching for hi i'm mary mary behind the scenes than you are searching for a channel named after a letter um but hey it's out there there's uh, already some content on the behind the scenes channel that if you want to check that out i am going to be doing more i'd really like to do some effects breakdowns and things like that um but if you want to find me and hang out with me on twitter i will be always on there making strange cryptic jokes and make and dropping a lot of little bits of hi and mary mary trivia so that will be there i will be there i will be venting about software failures you know typical video editor sort of things adobe premiere and the adobe uh, encoder is a cruel cruel mistress <sighs> It is a cruel, cruel mistress. Hey, I, hey, 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 Adobe, <laughs> can I take this effect from After Effects and render it in the encoder like I've done a thousand times? No. <laughs> Fuck you mean no, no. Okay, can I, can I take the effect into Premiere and render it there? No. 
What the fuck am I supposed to do then? Fuck After you. Effects That's... freezes for me once a day. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like you're, on a, you're on a good hot streak with Premiere. Don't start freezing. Don't start freezing. I just want to watch it all the way through, and it's freezing. Great, thank you. Oh. So, <laughs> I talk, I talk to my my Adobe software like it's like it's like my like it's my it's my child who who I love despite the fact that it has some issues. You know, just trying. Oh, that's to... an excellent way of putting it. It's just like, you know, you love, you love your child. It's, it's not its fault that it has some, that it's slow in a few regards, not for nothing, but you know, you, you know, every so often it, it's going to throw spaghetti on the walls and it's going to start like running around and breaking stuff. So you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, have a, have a soft, but firm hand and be like, Hey, no. Nope. Like after effects, please, please don't freeze. Like a really honey, inner, honey, like, do I have to count down? Do I have to count down? Please. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. I'm going to count to three. Come on. Yep. I don't want, you're going to make me the bad guy here, Adobe. I don't want to be the bad guy here. Come on. Uh, that, that's a If I ever have you on for a part two, which I really would like to do in the future, uh, we can talk more about the pitfalls of being an Adobe addict and the, and the myriad of issues that that causes. But thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode again. Sorry it was such a long gap between the last one, but I'm going to try my damnedest have more episodes with you guys gonna have some old faces on some new faces whatever i feel like definitely gonna try to have more discussions with more interesting and independent creators doing their thing check out Kay and everything she's doing because it's utterly fabulous so once again guys if you want to follow this show you can follow us on facebook at uh i f c q uh pod on facebook that's it came from queens on facebook and if you want to follow my stupid ass you can follow me on Twitter at Falbo underscore Benjamin. That is at F-A-L-B-O underscore B-N-J-A-M-I-N. You can follow me at Falbo underscore Benjamin on Twitter. Follow my YouTube. You can follow me at Benjamin Falbo on YouTube. Again, you can check out the Rise and Fall Blackcraft Wrestling, which is sitting at a nice and pretty 10,000 views, which I thank you guys so much for from the bottom of my heart. I, that thing was a bitch and a half to get done, but I'm very happy that the response has been mostly positive and I'm really mind blown that so many people like it. And I'm working on a lot more things soon. Don't forget to check out the Jersey Devils Reject Zach Amico, which is going to be premiering on the Gas Digital Network on Halloween night at the end of the month, which means I have even more incentive to kick myself in the ass to finish this thing sooner rather than later. So fingers crossed, I'm going to try to get that done. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, I don't care if there's five of you out there listening, 50 of you, 100 of you. I don't care the fact that anybody's listening means the world to me so once again thank you so much stay inside wash your goddamn hands be safe happy early halloween to all of you and this is benjamin falbo signing off reminding you once again to stay weird good night